Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of our talk on spend tumors, everything you need to know. Now, I left off part one with this case, and I said this patient had right upper quadrant pain. Now, it's to remind me to remind you that patients with spend tumors will typically have symptoms of abdominal pain. Occasionally, it'll be an incidental finding, but mainly it's symptomatic, because remember, you think about it, how many patients in their 20s or early 30s or teenagers get a CT scan incidentally short of a trauma scenario. Here you see a very well-defined mass in the pancreatic head. There's no calcifications. There's minimal enhancement. This was a spin tumor. Now you look at it in multiple views. I want you to remember this well-defined lesion that looks cystic and solid, not causing duct obstruction, not causing vascular invasion, but very well-defined. Yes, you could think of a cirrhosis adenoma. Yes, you could think about an unusual neuroendocrine tumor. But you got to be thinking about a spend tumor as well. Very well-defined. I could see where you could think of about an MCN, but those are typically going to be more cystic. The location is not bad. So again, look at the multiple views and remember this case. I think one of the reasons I like to show a lot of cases is because personally, my memory is good when I see cases. So you want to be able to see a lot of the spectrum of potential appearances. Again, you can see the lesion nicely here. Another example, very similar to the last case, abdominal pain. You see the mass in the head of the pancreas. It's about three centimeters. This patient was a preteen. So again, it made it easy perhaps when you did the imaging by looking at the age. But just like the last case, it's somewhat solid. It's not enhancing. There's no rim enhancement. There's no central enhancement. There's no vessel distortion. It's just very well defined. Again, cirrhosis, adenoma, you could think about a crazy neuro... neuro um, in neuroendocrine tumor, maybe. But I always like to see some enhancement with neuroendocrine tumors. They almost always enhance. Lymphoma, primary lymphoma of the pancreas can happen, but it's so well-defined. Lymphoma tends to be infiltrating, not a mass just like that. I don't like that answer. Then, of course, you nicely see the lack of vascular involvement. Both arterial and venous structures look good. Looks like the last case, which looked like the case before at part one. You got to be thinking about spend tumors, which is what this was. Again, in terms of arterial versus venous, sometimes you do see the lesions better in venous because as the pancreatic head becomes a little bit brighter on the delayed, the differential enhancement does stand out a little bit better. Remember we mentioned tail of pancreas? Although a lot of the lesions in the head, you can see them in the tail as well. Here it is one, again, similar to a case I showed you before, where it's exophytic. But if you look at the lesion itself, cystic and solid components, classic for a spend tumor. You just don't have that many choices of what else it could be. That was a spend. Now, here's another case in the tail of the pancreas. But just like in the first talk I gave you, calcifications are around the periphery. You can think about a pseudocyst. It doesn't look like the calcifications of a neuroendocrine tumor. It doesn't look like the calcifications of a cirrhosis adenoma. Those calcifications are regular around the edge of the lesion. You gotta be thinking a spend tumor. 
And you can see I'm showing it to you in multiple projections, the coronal, the relationship of the calcification, the volume rendering, the MIP, all nicely showing you the very coarse calcifications that literally are 360 around the lesion. That can be a very helpful point. Here it is showing you that appearance in MIP imaging very nicely there. And again, on the venous phase, you see more of the cystic component centrally, so you see more cystic and solid, and then you see the calcifications, which are oh so classic. And again, just a few more views of that. Now, we mentioned the size variability. Here's a large mass. Now, I guess if the patient would be 20 and female, you would just say spend without looking. But here you see a large mass. What could this be? Could this be a gist tumor of the stomach? That's a possibility. A big pancreatic mass, could it be a, um, I don't know, serous adenoma, MCN? Not exactly. I guess serous you would consider. But this is solid and cystic. It's really no dilated duct. What is going on here? Look at the size of that mass. And again, you first are really concerned that maybe it's not going to be pancreas. Well, there it is, the vessels being stretched, which you can see with spend tumors as well. You can see that with a range of serous cyst adenomas. But now on the venous, you see the solid and the cystic components a bit better. So now you got to go with a spend tumor as long as the patient's a young patient. But it's very challenging. Here was an example of a case where there's involvement of the splenic vein and involvement of the portal vein SMV junction as well. And you see the collaterals, which makes this a challenge. This patient was successfully resected. The surgeon needed to be very careful because of those prominent splenic collaterals. Here's a beautiful example of how we did the preoperative study with cinematic rendering. Very nicely shown. The vessels are stretched, but they're not invaded. Again, a very nice example. Cinematic rendering is very good in complex studies when you're trying to do surgical planning or defining vascular involvement. It just does it oh so well. And as we said before, it also accentuates the difference between the cystic and solid components in this patient's spent tumor. And you can see as I show it through a range of projections. One thing you can see is when I do cinematic rendering, I really get caught up in the process because you can create so many views which give you so much information. And I wanna share that information with the surgeon because I know they're gonna operate. So I'll create the arterial maps, I'll create the venous maps, and a range of venous maps so they know precisely what to do. This is particularly important that the surgeon wants to do laparoscopic surgery. Another example, 31-year-old, tumor in the body of the pancreas, cystic and solid, well-defined, though can be subtle. One of the things you notice by looking at all these spend tumors, you don't see dilated pancreatic duct. So that can be a very, very helpful differential diagnosis point for you. Again, cystic and solid. You could think of a cirrhosis adenoma. You could think of an MCN. You gotta think of a spin also, particularly if it's a younger patient. On the coronal views, it also is very well-defined, very similar to the other cases I showed you just a few moments ago. So just a very nice example of this case and a spin tumor. Just a few more images. Again, changing the view of that tumor.
Now, when you look at this tumor, I also want to make the comment, in looking at cystic components on SPEN tumors, you know that adenocarcinomas can have cystic components, neuroendocrine tumors can have cystic components, serous cystadenoma, MCN, all have cystic components to them. So again, the cystic component can be helpful, but again, the age is often the most critical thing. In this case, you see the pancreatic duct, but it's not really dilated. And here's the cinematic rendering of that patient. Again, the cystic and solid mass. So you gotta be ingrained into your mind and think about spend tumors. This year, in a four-week period, I think I saw five spend tumors. I used to see maybe one a year. Now we see them more commonly, which is partly our referral pattern, but partly because they are occurring more in the population. And again, another view of that spend tumor, pancreatic duct visualized, texture of the gland, and the cystic and solid lesion nicely shown. Here's another one. This looks almost like the last case, just bigger. Cystic and solid, the classic location for a, for a uh, MCN, mucinous cystic neoplasm. This patient with 30, MCN is usually 45, but MCNs can occur in younger patients. So I think it's a tough call here. MCNs like SPENs typically don't obstruct the pancreatic duct. So it is a challenge. Now again, SPENs tend to be more cystic. SPENs are um, more cystic in terms of cystic to solid ratio. I think MCNs are typically mostly all solid and cystic when the patient has malignancy. So if I see an MCN and it's all cystic, it's still going to be removed because MCNs are considered pre-malignant. When you start seeing solid components in an MCN, then you know it's really malignant or this high-grade dysplasia present. Again, the differential diagnosis here will be helped by the patient's age. Spend tumors, teenage years to 20s, MCNs in the 40s and 50s. Just a very nice example showing you the spectrum of findings. Again, volume rendering for preoperative planning and also to better define and understand the lesion. Another patient, left upper quadrant pain, 19-year-old female. There's a cystic lesion here, and yes, I could consider a pseudocyst. If a patient had prior pancreatitis or has symptoms of pancreatitis or other findings of pancreatitis, cystic lesions in the pancreas are pseudocysts. You have cystic fibrosis, you can get a true cyst. But in this case, you see a cystic lesion, maybe there's a little bit of wall thickening, but it's pretty well-defined. Older patient, MCN. Okay, serous cystadenoma, oligocystic serous cystadenoma. But again, there's lots of possibilities. But just to remind people, spend tumors can be purely cystic. And this is just a good example of a purely cystic or almost purely cystic spend tumor. It does have thin septations, which actually something you think about in MCNs, but this was a young patient. It was a spend with that septation. And again, you can see one thing I like about cinematic rendering, and I'll speak about this when I talk about serous adenomas or MCNs, that it really accentuates texture. So any septation, it will show very nicely. But again, this is mainly a purely cystic lesion across its range of perspectives.
Now, another example, here again we see the pancreatic duct, but it's not dilated. To make the point, low density, homogeneous, maybe some cystic component, but this is a spend tumor. Patient was at the right age group. The venous shows more of the cystic component than the arterial phase did, and that's very, very classic. Well-defined, no dilated pancreatic duct. Truthfully, MCNs typically don't dilate the duct. That's one of the descriptors between MCNs and IPMNs. So again, you could have overlap depending on the age of the patient and the location of the lesion. Again, more evidence of really nice imaging with cinematic rendering. So just a very good look at that patient's tumor and the cystic and solid components present. Here we're showing you the uh, celiac and SMA. The vessels all look patent. There's the GDA. There's the hepatic vessels. Again, texture mapping of liver and spleen. Texture mapping of the pancreas, I think, is very valuable. Now, I showed you in the beginning of the talk some larger cystic lesions. Here's another example, large cystic lesion septations. Vessels are stretched like we talk about in serous cyst adenoma. And this is a lesion that looks very much like a cystic tumor. You have a big differential, but location, size, stretching of the artery, the GDA, I'm thinking serous cyst adenoma. Septations, remember there's all different types of septations. Serous cyst adenomas can have no septations to multiple septations. This one has a number of septations. Could be an MCN just based on septations. This was a spend tumor. Purely cystic for the most part, but septations, some increased density, stretching of the vessels, no invasion of the vessels, which is why even with these larger tumors, the patients over 90% of the time are gonna be resectable. So just a really nice look at that lesion. I like this case as another good example because I've mentioned a few times how big masses, epicenter can be difficult. You look at this case, you can convince yourself this is coming off the patient's stomach like a spent tumor, homogeneous like a spent tumor. This was um, a patient who had familiar polyposis. The large mass is indeed a desmoid, but there are two smaller lesions in the pancreas, which are spend tumors. So we occasionally we see spend tumors in other situations when there are other masses present. We couldn't figure out what these pancreatic lesions were. Remember this patient had polyposis, they get all sorts of cancers, they get desmoid tumors. I never really knew about them getting spend tumors. Here's the large desmoid tumor as it comes down through the abdominal wall. And there's the uh, spend tumors in the pancreas. Again, this is one of the unusual cases in that how often have you ever seen multiple spend tumors? I, I really haven't either, so we're even. And again, that big desmoid tumor, nice differential diagnosis of a desmoid tumor looking like lymphoma, looking in theory like a carcinoid tumor in the mesentery, but with desmoids, slight enhancement, slight displacement, none of the changes in carcinoid, no desmoplastic reaction. And again, in this patient with an ostomy, you know, this patient had colon surgery and had polyposis. So just a really nice example. And you can see on this, the uh, volume rendering, both the ostomy as well as the tumor 
the desmoid tumor coming through the abdominal wall. There is another case. Patient has a vascular lesion in the liver. So you're thinking FNH versus a patient with a uh, hepatic adenoma. But the enhancement is identical to the IVC, so it's going to be FNH, which it was. But now as a younger patient, and as you scan down, there's a lesion in the body of the pancreas, well-defined and solid. And I've showed you like 10 of these now. This is classic for a spend tumor. Every once in a while, you'll see spends with hepatic adenomas or FNHs, but that's just coincidental. It's because it's a female patient. So just a very nice FNH, and this patient had the pancreatic lesion, which is shown nicely in the volume rendering, resected, well-defined. I don't see a second lesion, and as I mentioned with the other case, I think it's the only case I've seen of two lesions, but now I always look for two lesions. I would hate to miss one of the lesions. Here's a cinematic rendering. The lesion is more solid than it is cystic, and just a very nice look at that patient's lesion as I go through a range of appearances. Again, post-processing can be helpful, particularly when surgery is indeed planned, to map out the vessels and get a better look, in this case, of the tumor and its close relationship to arteries and veins. So I've gone through many cases. I've shown you a lifetime of spend tumors, but at least now you know what they look at. Two to 3% of pancreatic neoplasms in all age groups, 6% of exocrine tumors, most frequently women or girls, second and third decade, female to men, 10 to one ratio. It's important to recognize these lesions, things that might be helpful, obviously the young age, big cystic lesions with septations, cystic and solid lesions, cystic and solid lesions with calcification, particularly peripheral calcifications, cystic lesions with mural nodules. Overlap is always gonna be there occasionally, cirrhosis adenomas, occasionally MCNs, can be the things I think about the most, occasionally lymphoma. So with that, I thank you for attention, and hopefully these two talks is everything you've wanted to know about spend tumors, but were afraid to ask. And with that, have a great day. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.